0: This is Courage Cast, faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff, and I am sitting here with somebody that. I've been wanting to have on this podcast for a long time, and for whatever reason, I could never get you in. Probably because you're so busy, Dustin Smith.
1: Yeah, back in Nashville, that's why I get to do this. Absolutely, it's very rare. yeah, I know. I live here, but I don't. You know, I don't even know why we even have a home. I mean, we have a nice van. We probably <laughs> should just save some money and sleep in it because we're gone. You know, three months out of out of two months no kid yeah. <laughs> three months We're, out of two it's months. it's amazing yeah it's amazing <laughs> what happens with time with us <laughs> yeah i don't know how
0: you guys do it um and that's something i want to dive into because you have a really unique calling on your life um yes. And uh, if, for those of you that, that you know, let me introduce you a little bit, um, and you'll probably do a better job of introducing yourself, but Dustin Smith Ministries, which is now called Here Be Lions. Here Be Lions. Lions. Yep. Here Be Lions. Um, you guys have been doing ministry for oh, 10 man. years?
1: Yeah, for, well, 14 years. Most of the team's been together for about 10 years.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you and Chrissy have co-written several songs together yep. um name some of the songs that you well it's about love to the get most. beautiful
1: is one of my favorites mm-hmm. we, that was a special moment and and except i did write it with her and then on the next sunday i just we wrote it on a saturday i let I it on sunday and did not realize in the middle of leading it that i was singing it in her key Oh. which is like really falsetto it's a really high. <laughs> and I realized like, this is a really, really dumb move. And, um, but yeah, I love writing with Chrissy. Oh
0: my gosh. So you and Chrissy have written several songs together. You're also the writer of miracles. Yep. If, uh, people probably would know that song. Cause yeah. Bethel, Jesus culture, Jesus culture, yeah, picked I that up
1: with Chris, uh, Kilala, G, and Josh mm-hmm. Silverberg. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Phenomenal songwriter, uh, amazing worship leader, Um, I I just really feel like there's just, uh, there's something to you and people think it just comes naturally, but you've you've been working on your craft as a, as a worship leader for 14 maybe longer a longer
1: I was probably I've been doing leading worship for about 20 years mm-hmm. and even songwriting you know I didn't really write my first song until like 12 years ago mm-hmm. and I really well I did I wrote one for my wife for our wedding mm-hmm. and it is, it's really embarrassing it <laughs> was really horrible I tried to get her to cry it didn't work <laughs> and uh, still remember it. it's, it's like a marker for me but uh-huh. but about 10 years ago I started writing songs really just because I felt like our church needed some songs I couldn't find mm-hmm. and so would go down to my basement and just not really with the intent of writing songs as much as just worshiping and kind of lock myself away and yeah then, yeah that's just have that started. personal
0: time yeah. uh yeah uh chrissy and i co-wrote songs for each other on our wedding day uh, and i was trying go? to make her cry yeah Did it and work? She, no oh. she she cried she <laughs> she didn't cry she cried laughing at me crying <laughs> Uh, because I was just sobbing when she walked down the aisle. Oh, I was a,
1: I was the same way. A big baby. I, oh, I can't help it. I'm a crier. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're a big dude. I'm a big dude. So when I big cry, it's messy. There's just there's floods. It's
1: messy. It's just not. Yeah. A, there's floods of. Yeah, I got yeah. stuff coming out of every point. It's just <laughs> gross. It's <laughs> disgusting.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> it's so. And you get you also have this really really great podcast, um, which is now called Here Be Lions yep and uh, you can find your podcast anywhere that you would find the courage cast yep. so except not on courageous that needs to change maybe I didn't need to have your podcast on the on there but 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 anywhere like iTunes and um stitcher and yep. and your website yep. is and what? our
1: app uh here be lions. Mm-hmm. uh, here be lions. Actually it's Dustin Smith ministries right now, but mm-hmm. it's here be lions. We made the switch. So we're just waiting on uh, everybody to catch up to us. <laughs> so the company that does it is switching it over. They're working on a it. Slow process. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you and James Galbraith, who Chrissy also writes with, yep. um, wrote, uh, co-wrote back to life Love that song. together. And, um, you guys are hilarious. I I actually want to have James and you together. Oh,
1: man. That'll be
0: messy. It'd be awkward <laughs> because I'd kind of like this be this third party that just would listen to you two <laughs> no. bantering. I, no,
1: you and James could cry together because when James is in the room, I don't, I'm not the crier when James is in the room. No. Nope. I'm 10 typically the one that makes him cry yes you so, are yeah maybe we could do some of that yes and he makes you laugh <laughs> he does a lot oh my
0: gosh you guys are a great team um you're the straight man he's the funny guy
1: well i don't know if he's straight and then yeah but <laughs> oh yeah maybe guy. yeah you know what i'm saying yeah yeah but i am yeah, yeah the color commentator you're yes. the co- he's the, the color good cop he's the he, well you're the good cop he's the bad cop pretty much yeah because he's always getting in trouble and mm-hmm. yeah he says yeah. things that could get us kicked off I know. Of any other podcast. But you said
0: flamboyant in the last one. I did. And I don't know what that means. Well,
1: somebody needs to go on and listen to our Christmas one and listen to James reenact Mary and Joseph and Mary giving birth. Oh no, Uh, really? Yeah. We actually, it's the first podcast I think we ever had to stop and restart because it just, he wasn't trying to be sacrilegious, Mm -hmm. but he just was. He just, he just was. (laughs) And it wasn't on purpose. He just doesn't. He doesn't think about it. No.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I'm happy he's married. So he has somebody to kind of temper him
1: down. Amen. Not just you. We, we were shocked it happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> shocking. Anyway, all right. So so we're having a good time, just uh, you and I talking. And I, I really just wanted to bring, in, bring you in for a number of reasons. Number one, I think that you lead an amazing group of people. The people that you surround yourself with are some of the most, um, all kidding aside, I mean, James included, are some of just the most gracious. Um, you guys are... You guys are, you all seem to be in one accord with one another. You're all on a similar mission, yet they're all very different people on your ministry team. And they all seem to be empowered to do their own thing as well um, if they want to. Uh, So, you know, so you, when did you start, I guess I want to start there. When did you start realizing that you needed to form a team, I guess 14 years ago, take me back to what you were doing and and how you guys got together.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, I grew, up, I grew up in church, so some people don't even know what that world's like. Some people didn't go to church growing up, but I grew up in church, and I grew up in a culture that was very based on, it was very much based on one person doing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I watched my dad get exhausted, I watched my grandparents exhausted. They never really had a team around them, they never really had a group around them, and so when I moved to Kansas City 14 years ago, I really just moved there to go to a church. Mm-hmm. I didn't really go to be a worship leader or anything like that. Where'd you move from? I moved from Pennsylvania. I was in Harrisburg. I was leading worship out there. But we were just kind of tired of the system, you know, tired of religion, tired of the church. And I had really gotten, believe this or not, I really... Feel like I first met God when I was twenty one. Really? I grew up in church, but just had a God experience. It just changed everything for me. And when that happened, it put me kind of on a journey of just pursuit, pursuing who He is. And and so that landed me in Kansas City. Well, why would s- you choose Kansas City? Because of the church. Okay, the uh, specific church that. Yeah, was there. you know, it was a place that had was birthed out of what <laughs> they call basically a revival in nineteen ninety six, where a town of five hundred people and a quarter of a million people go to it, mm. and from Japan, Australia, all over the world. And that's where I got my life changed. Mm. So when we moved to Kansas city, you know, we went to visit and the pastor got up and he said, Hey, there's a thousand people there. We're hiding in the back, you know? And he said, Hey, somebody's visiting today. And I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you that, um, you're at a place right now where you're dying. Mm. And he said, you have to remember something. Jesus died for those people. You don't have to. Oh, uh, wow. And so that, that changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. And and so I moved to Kansas City, actually not qualified for anything. All I'd ever done was music. And so I got a job working on a farm, painting barns, making $8 an hour cash. Really? And that was 14 years ago, and I left a pretty high-paying job mm-hmm. uh, to do it. What uh, was your job? You were in ministry? Yeah, yeah, but it was at a good-sized church, mm-hmm. and I was getting paid pretty well. Gene and I were working together. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to Kansas City, I was 20, like 27 years old, and I moved into the basement of my in-laws and worked on a farm painting barns, you know? (laughs) And so that move was out of desperation, Mm -hmm. you know, just for something. Kids yet? We had a baby, baby Mm -hmm. girl, nine Mm -hmm. months old. Jordan was nine months old Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So when we got there, you know, my heart was really just to throw myself into it. And I moved not really... For myself, I moved to be with people. Mm. So that's kind of where it started because I I wanted to be, I wanted to do life with people who actually cared, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just tired of of people. Who, I had surrounded myself by people who just didn't care. It was like going through the motions. Mm-hmm. You get to, you know, get to your job, you get to church, whatever. It just feels like you're going through the motions. And I just couldn't do it. Life was too short for me. Yeah. And so when we moved, we just threw ourselves into it. We didn't care what anybody thought. You know, some people thought we were crazy. Some people thought I was giving up my destiny, my purpose, and leading worship. People
0: speaking speaking stuff into you yeah, like that, yeah.
1: because of, based on their fears. Mm-hmm. So when we got there, and I, and I through a process of stuff, I ended up starting to lead. You know, worship. I had not played the piano and not written any songs at that point. But they had wait. Asked you were how. a
0: worship leader, though.
1: I led vocally, just vocally. Yeah, I just led. Vocally. So you taught yourself to play. Yeah, my pastor kind of forced me to, it was kind of, he thought I had already played. So he made me get up and try on the, and I told him, I was like, I don't really play. And he's like, Mm -hmm. you went to school for music. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but I dropped my major because they wanted me to play piano. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I dropped to a BA in music instead of a- Why were you lazy? No, I just, I didn't see the need for it. Mm -hmm. I I sang, and I can lead without a piano. Right. So like, why do I need to learn? And they wanted to teach me classical. Like, what do I need to learn classical? Okay. Really, it's probably God giving me an opportunity to learn piano, and I was like, no thanks, I'll (laughs) do this on my own later. And I did, and I paid for it, Mm -hmm. but uh, deeply, (laughs) with, with lots of tears and banging on a piano trying to figure out how to do it. Wow. But my pastor, put me in that position and really pushed me. Mm -hmm. So when I took over worship, I actually didn't even really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was happy just being there and being with people. So when I got into it, I realized, like, I'm not carrying this weight by myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I started getting a team around me, James actually moved from New Zealand Mm -hmm. just to be at that church because his parents had gotten their lives changed when they were in New Zealand. And they were like, hey, we got to get you in this place. Mm-hmm. And then the other guys, you know, just little by little came. And most of us weren't great musicians. We were just guys who loved to to worship. And we were guys who, you know, loved doing music. Mm-hmm. So instead of just doing music, though, I felt like I wanted to get guys who would do life together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did stuff with our families, and it started pouring into them. And honestly, I had to, I had to make a decision, like, and this is this is across the board for anything we do it's not really about music music is our tool and it's our weapon mm. but but you know even master builders don't sleep with tools That's weird. Yeah, that would be weird. You're a weirdo, you know. If you're sleeping with your hammer and you're a builder, that's a weirdo. (laughs) And uh, that's just our tool and our weapon. Mm. And so, what we can only be as good with our tools and weapons as we are people. Mm -hmm. So we worked on character issues before we worked on music issues.
0: So as the team started forming, yeah, you well, like, how did that start? Like, how did you first?
1: Well, the first thing I realize is like, everybody wants to know, how do you, how do you build a team? Well, first thing is you got to be together. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to take extra time. They're like, well, we're too busy. Well, this is family night. And I realized like, well, my family needs to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and I mean i need to, I need more people in my family, mm-hmm. and I wanted these guys to become like family. It was hard at first because the culture was everybody to themselves, mm-hmm. so the only time you did anything together was when you came together for like church right that was the only time you know you're going to do an extra thing, and I started realizing like, no, I need these guys at my house, mm-hmm. and truthfully we were almost warned, and you know how this is in leadership, like, well, don't let people too close, they'll hurt you. Don't have people over all the time, because they'll they'll see you do something or respond a certain way, and they'll be like, then they'll start to question you. And mm. And I thought, you know what, that's really a sick teaching, because it really keeps us from each other. Yeah. and And even Jesus said, my prayer for you and I think it's his greatest prayer is that you would become one as a father and I are one mm. to become one. That means you got to be together. Mm-hmm. You got to take care of each other. So I started spending money. We didn't have on taking the guys, you know, if we'd have a rough practice, we'd mm-hmm. cancel practice halfway through and I'd take them out for coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and even <coughs> I told, it was telling you, even the wives were frustrated a little bit. Like you guys are just hanging out. <laughs> but I realized like, I couldn't hang out with them and speak into their lives if I didn't know them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it started to be just issues where we were like, it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. I put guys together. I would ask him, do you even know what he does for a living? Mm -hmm. Do you even know, do you even know their kids' names? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's funny because we have such superficial relationships. A lot of times it's like, Oh yeah, I know them. But it's like, yeah, but you don't know them. You don't Mm -hmm. even know what their struggles are. You don't know what their hurts are. But, most of us don't want to invest that time or energy. And so I just decided it was worth it. And so instead of, even though music was what we did, that was not going to be our identity. Mm -hmm. Identity was going to be a team. Mm -hmm. And so even when I moved to Nashville, like I didn't tell those guys they had to move. Mm -hmm. I basically said, Hey, I feel God's calling me to Nashville. And every one of them said, well, you're not going without us. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a team. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like, we're going to, we're going to succeed together. We're going to fail together. Mm -hmm. And, but when they're, when their family's struggling, you know, I, I feel that struggle. Mm -hmm. And so I want to help any way I can. Mm -hmm. When their kids have a birthday, I want it to feel like it's my kid's birthday. I want us to all throw the biggest party for their kids. (laughs) You know, I want them all treated well. And that's, that's my heart. Mm -hmm. But I watched, like I said, I watched my grandparents, my dad, I watched a lot of other people hide themselves away and then long for some kind of relationship. And I told him, I was like, it's not worth dying alone.
0: Do you think people hide because they're afraid of also, not just, they're afraid of being known? Yeah. Like being found out? Yeah. Do you think people are afraid of being found out? I think so. For not being... uh, Having it all together,
1: yeah. Well, I think a lot of us put on an image, you know, anyways. And for me, it's like I just decided I don't want to ever have to do that. I don't want to have to get on the stage and be somebody different than I am off the stage. Mm -hmm. So if I can't get on a stage and talk to you like a normal person (laughs) and not have to put on a voice, Mm -hmm. like, oh, here we go, you know, like I just don't want to do it. That's why our podcast, even you talk about our podcast, like James and I are like. We're just gonna we're gonna get on here and talk. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a direction, you know. Well, hopefully, <laughs> a couple times out of three hundred. But no, we want to we want to have a direction, but we want to get on here and this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And when I get up to lead worship, I don't want to stand before God and have to become somebody else all of a sudden, mm-hmm. because then people will be like, "Well, I don't want to get up there because I feel like I'm being hypocritical." I, I, hypocritical. I didn't have a good week, or I didn't. And then right. if I get up there and I try to just worship, I'm being hypocritical. And mm-hmm. my idea is you're actually being hypocritical. When you're doing something opposite than what you were created for, Mm, boom, you were created to worship. Mm -hmm. You know, you were created to be courageous. You're created to be strong. And when you respond oppositely, that that's actually you being hypocritical. Because this isn't who I was created to be, mm-hmm. so when I return back to that i'm going to stand here strong because it 's not really about me it's not about my greatness and I do think when people come into your house, they get to see who you are yeah well, that means I need to you know I felt a long time ago the Lord told me, narrow your life and i'll widen your influence that means to me i need to I need to clean some things up about myself mm-hmm. if i'm worried about people finding something out that's a horrible way to live it's exhausting mm mm-hmm. Because there's there's always these things like, oh my gosh, they might see something. Oh my gosh, they might. And you're so worried about cover-up if you had spent that energy in cleaning up, <laughs> mm, wow, <laughs> you know, in mm-hmm. character issues, it doesn't mean I'm by, I'm not perfect at all. But I even thought today, like even raising my kids, cause I'm talking about raising kids and I've been trying to, I'm doing some more teaching on that. And I'm thinking like, even when I raise my kids in a godly manner, does, do they see me in, as imperfect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the reason they see me in a godly manner is because they always see my, my first response after my imperfection is repentance. Right. Even to them, hey, I'm sorry the way I talk to you, buddy, Mm -hmm. you know, because I want them to know dad's a real dude. Mm -hmm. He makes mistakes. Yeah. But that doesn't make him a bad person. Right. And so I know our culture can be so judgmental, but I asked my father-in-law, who's been in ministry a long time, Mm -hmm. I asked him, I said, you know, how, how, how long do you think Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him? And he's like, probably from when he brought him on. He knew it right away. And he 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 still took the risk. Yeah. He still even had him around other guys. Right. He even let him handle the money. Like we would never do that. Like this guy's gonna betray me. I'm not letting him touch anything. I'll let him hang around a little bit. But but Jesus knew he was gonna be betrayed by him mm-hmm. and still, still brought him in mm-hmm. because there has to be that redemptive quality, mm-hmm. you know, of who we are, and realize everybody's not perfect. But I'm not there to to critique you and to judge you. I'm there to cover you. Mm-hmm. I'm there to protect you. If you make a mistake, I'm there to protect you. That's why our team's successful because each we cover each other. We know each other's not perfect. Our our personalities are dynamically different. Like (laughs) yes, they are all incredible and amazing guys in their own right. Does Mm -hmm. that mean they don't make mistakes? No. When they do, I cover them. I'm not a critiquing guy. I'm not a judgmental guy.
0: What does that look like for you? Covering them? Well, covering them means you cover them up. Or do you... No, what, it means what does that protect. Mean? Protect. You know,
1: protect in a time of growth. Hmm. So, you know, even the Bible says he covers you under the shelter of his wings. And so when I cover with wings, that doesn't mean that I hide it from other people necessarily, Or but I might because really this is a growing experience for you. This isn't something we have to expose to the world. This is something that you have to deal with in your character. And I'm willing to cover you in this. Mm -hmm. Now, eventually you have to, if you continue to make these same mistakes and continue to do this, then it tells me this is who you want to be. So I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cover you in it anymore. Now, now you're going to expose yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to expose you. You'll end up exposing yourself. You know, that phrase, you know, if somebody's an idiot, you don't have to, you don't have to tell people they're an idiot. Eventually They will let people know they're an idiot. You know, it's just, that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. But I cover and protect because we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, you know, he who is forgiven much uh, loves much. Yeah. And I realize, like, I'm not, I'm not that great of a person. Yeah. And so there's nobody who has gone too far beyond reach Mm -hmm. that you can't come back. Yeah. And so to me, it's worth covering. It's worth, hey, you made a mistake. Like, let's fix it. Mm -hmm. Let's work on this. And I would even tell, we talk about James. James used to have crazy attitude issues when he'd come into practice. He would tell you, he's not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And he would have him. And so we would sit down and I'd be honest with him. Like, hey, this has to change. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a horrible time in life if you continually treat people this way. If somebody missed a note, on the base during band practice or something, he'd turn around and glare at them like he wanted to chop their heads off. And I'm thinking like, nobody will respond to you as a leader that way. Right. Even if I put you in that position, you know, the levels of leadership, that that is a positional authority. Mm-hmm. And you don't gain stuff from people that much in positional authority. I put you there, it's like, well, I have to respond to you because somebody told me to. But once you're out of that position, nobody cares. Nobody right. cares about you. Right. Relational authority, people will die for you because they know you would die for them. That's relational authority. And most people I think function on a positional authority. Well, you were given that position by a company or you were given that position by something you did, but you didn't earn that right in my life. Mm. And I wanted to earn that right in their life. And the way to earn that is to recognize they're not going to be perfect in everything. So my job is to protect them. My job is to link arms with them and try to pull them up And not expose, Mm -hmm. you know, and not think that, well, they're such a bad person. There's no recovery. There's always, there's always redemptive purposes Mm -hmm. in who we are. Mm -hmm. So I felt like for a team, that would be super important. Even as a character, our team, that's why you said they're very gracious. They're very, Mm -hmm. because they actually truly are that way. They don't have to put on an air about themselves. They're fun. They're funny to be around. But when you see them and then you see them on a stage, they are who they are. Mm I had we had to work on character first because once you stand up there, now it's going to be revealed. And I yes. always tell people when you're when you're a leader and you stand up in front, everything you do you pour out on people. Yeah. And so, what are you pouring out on them today? Mm. And so, I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to work on my own self, my mm. own responses, mm. and um, even to my wife. To my kids and then to my team, so they know. Like I don't always respond right, but I always want to. Yeah. And because I built it into them, when I make mistakes, they're more gracious with me. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) You know, because I do. I don't. We're we're in a van sometimes eighteen hours straight. You you are going to have disagreements. Yes. You know you're going to have smells. You're going to have a lot of smells. You know, come from people that you have to be. You have to be very redemptive.
0: Yes. I hope you have leather yeah. seats and well, not those we cloth do. ones. No, that we tried the cloth thing. We'll soak that in.
1: We bought Michael Farren's van for Pocket Full of Rocks, and that was one of the most disgusting <laughs> ventures of our lives. It was oh. a cloth van, and they had already built up five years of smells.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of it smells. Was-
1: that's a lot of pockets. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: lot of rocks. <laughs> a lot of rocks. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Um Okay so that's so th- that's what that's what I want to I mean we could just live right there in this topic because yeah. there's all kinds of angles um, in what I see in you so w- what I heard you just say is I work on myself yeah so who is your covering yeah who 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 do you allow to speak I, I know your your brothers your your people that your family yeah. speak into your life yep. um, they all speak into your life right so where did you how do you Come to a place of you said narrow my life, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. Pro- what did you do okay. wh- when God told you to do that?
1: Well, I have several men in my life that you know, even on my board, I have a guy who ran the B2 program out in Missouri, he's military. I've got a guy who works at the Pentagon, they're not yes men and they have nothing to do with music, mm-hmm. even though that's most of my world. And they even asked me, Why do you want me, why do you want us to be on your board? Because my other guy. Runs an insurance agency, and I told him I said number one, your fathers; mm-hmm. number two, your warriors; mm-hmm. and number three, your businessmen. Mm-hmm. And I think we get this thing of Christianity; it's always so loosey goosey. And so what happens is like nobody understands business. But even one of my one of my board members told me one time. He said, uh, "You know, remember it doesn't say." Jesus doesn't say, I was about my father's ministry. He says, I was about my father's business. <laughs> and every one of the disciples, we love to say, well, they were nobodies. They were castaways. No, they weren't. They were only that way to the religious society. They were business owners. They owned fishing boats. They owned, They were tax collectors. They were physicians. Like These guys were guys who were doing stuff. And then Jesus got them and said, now I'm going to direction that. And I'm going to teach you how to not run it like an earthly business, but as a kingdom business. And so for us, like I realized there, I needed men in my life that would actually be honest with me. And I would tell them, you know, Malachi says he's going to return the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. So as a son, I can't be a man of authority without being a man under authority. And so I started realizing that a long time ago. So I invited my father-in-law uh, who's been a minister for a long time? I invited him to speak into my life anytime he sees something that's out of whack. Mm-hmm. I invite my own father. Anytime you see something that's not right, I want you to call me on it. Mm. I think men, the higher up they go, you know, I always believe the higher up you go, the less options you have. But a lot of guys end up getting to the top and they have no, no accountability. And so they tend to make a lot of mistakes. They get in caught in situations. And I, they feel like
0: they have to protect themselves from all, from everybody else. There's fewer yeah. and fewer people that they let into their lives. Yeah.
1: Well, and a lot of it is because of control. They mm-hmm. want to have control now mm-hmm. because I'm at a higher place, a higher level. If somebody's telling me I can't do something, I don't like that because who are they to tell me when I'm sitting at the top of the heap? Mm-hmm. But the truth is you're not really your heap isn't that high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and I've always said like you can't climb the mountain in a miniskirt, you know? Oh, yeah, whoa. I know, what I know, it sounds weird I'm getting there. Yeah, but you know, well, that's why you can't climb the mountain in a miniskirt. The higher you go, the less options you have. Oh my god. You may be able to live at one level in a miniskirt. Uh-huh. But as soon as you go up a little higher, we all look at you a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do, Or we don't look up at all. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. We stop looking up to you mm-hmm. because you have made a decision about your preferences and what you like. Okay. And we can't live by what you just like. We have to know you want to protect us too. Mm-hmm. So the higher up you go, the less options you have, because this doesn't become about you're higher so you can get more position. You're higher so we can trust you. Mm-hmm. That you've been somewhere with God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I realize, like, the higher up I go, the less options I have, because the higher up I go, the more I see who God is, and the less I see of my own capabilities. I actually start to see, like, I'm in trouble if I don't have God, because now I'm at such a level that people are looking to me for help, and I recognize without the Spirit of God, I have no way to help them. mm mm-hmm. I could try to come up with good ideas and all this stuff, but that doesn't, isn't really what helps them. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't just come with good ideas. (laughs) Paul even says, I don't come to you with persuasive words. I come to you with a demonstration of the power of the spirit. There's a demonstration that happens. And I realized I needed guys who could demonstrate that in my own life. My brothers are the same way, but I don't just want just a band of brothers because band of brothers, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but they all die together. Yeah, yeah, they just right. link arms and die together. <laughs> that's brothers. <laughs> that's not a good ending. No, 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 no. But band of brothers is important mm. because that's how we lead into battle together. But we need generals. Mm. So my father-in-law, when we moved here, this is how I am. And this is not everybody's like this probably. And But I just decided I'm going to have my father-in-law and mother-in-law move in with us. Mm. We, we we built a house big enough that they could live with us. They see everything about me.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. I invite into my life protection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I even say like, you know, there's a huge thing happening to the vice president right now, just about him not being with women. I don't take women home by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't sit in a room and counsel women. Mm-hmm. I protect my marriage and people could say, well, that's overkill. I don't care. I'm happily married. Mm hmm. I don't care what you think. the 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 statistics on divorce is fifty percent right now, even in the church. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't care how overprotective you think I am of my own marriage. I'm happily married, right? You know, she's happy with me. Mm -hmm. She trusts me Mm -hmm. because she knows I drew lines. Because the higher you go, the less options you have. But a lot of how do you do
0: co-writing with Chrissy, for example?
1: the door is always open my guys are always outside the are always outside the room so yeah. i tell them hey and they know this she's hey, my wife man so. oh i know man i know but isn't it that important to know yeah. that other guys are looking out for this too yeah so anytime the guys they know hey I want you outside the room, working outside the room. And anytime you need to ask me a question, I want you to come in at least every 30 minutes, you know, ask me a question or do something. Mm -hmm. So they know I can walk in anytime Mm -hmm. at my, we have a writing room in my house. Now my wife's always, you know, almost always downstairs, but I don't invite people over to my house. If my kids aren't there, Mm. if the, if the door's not open, why is that? Well, a women. Women yeah, and, women. yeah, yeah, got it. Just because of that, you know, inviting a girl into my house and mm-hmm. not having anybody there. Right. And people would say, oh, that's overprotective. And some people, some people still think that. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to draw lines for them. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what has made us successful. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean you have to do that and you're a bad person if you have somebody over. Right. That's not what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you in my own life, this is what has helped us. That's this a part is, of your narrowing. That was narrowing. Mm-hmm. There's other things I've had to do too. Mm-hmm. And tell me, things tell me some more of this. Well, one of the things is I felt the Lord tell me to stop looking at the news. Mm-hmm. Stop reading Fox News every day. Stop reading Drudge Report, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he said basically, you're you're actually starting to read my word through the lenses of a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And you're becoming fearful because of what you think is happening. And you're not using the word to build faith and speak that into news. You're using news to build your faith and speak that into my word.
0: Mm. Well, that's a, that's pretty weak. actually. If you did that,
1: I can guarantee you right now, 95% of our listeners, if they were honest, read social media more than they read their word. Mm -hmm. They read social media more than they're, they're actually discouraged more than they're encouraged. Let's just say it that way because news is built to keep your attention. And the way to keep your attention is to make you fearful. So I have to read it because I got to know what's going on because, Oh my gosh, this is happening. This is happening. And I felt the Lord. And my thing was, is like, I'm a minister of the word. Like, how am I supposed to know what's happening in culture if I don't read the news? And Mm -hmm. I felt the Lord say, people will tell you. Yeah. And I was like, people are opinionated wrong. Mm -hmm. And I felt him say, what do you think the news is? (laughs) Yes. The enemy has gotten a hold of our media and it now uses us to dictate our bow. It now uses it to dictate our activities, our actions, because we are moved by what we believe. Mm-hmm. And if we believe everything is bad, I, this is a kind of a trail a little bit, but I read a statistic that, like, you know, a, a few Sundays ago, Chris Tomlin's song, How Great is Our God, was sung in one Sunday around the world more than any Beatles song was sung in history. In one Sunday. In one Sunday. Because around the world, people are actually singing and declaring in China.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: But we don't think that way. We think so limited. So we're like, everything is happening bad, everything. But Habakkuk says, the knowledge of the glory of God will flood the earth. And I would tell you that the knowledge of the glory of God this past Sunday— Covered the earth in ways that you will never even imagine. And if you could light it up if, and, you, and you could see all the people who are declaring the goodness of God, you would be so encouraged. But you don't. Mm. What you do is you see light up news organizations that just want to talk about the dev, the devastating stuff of Russia or of China or of all this stuff. Sure. And that's not bad to be informed <clears throat> on. I'm not talking about not being informed. I'm just saying if that dictates your response. Mm-hmm. Your emotions, your attitude, your actions—you're in trouble. Yeah. And I—I I have chosen over the last several years to really throw myself into the Word. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of business books. I, I read theology books. I read you know all kinds of books. And so I'm informed. I'm mm-hmm. not an idiot, you know. And it doesn't mean I can't ever look at the news. It just became ninety percent of what I read. Right. And so right. to me, the Lord's like, why don't you switch that? Mm-hmm. Another thing. This is really. This is really hard, but. My daughter said, you know, I want a Taylor Swift song. Mm-hmm. And then she was like 10. So I was like, well, let's go watch a video. So we went down and watched a video. And during the video, she's, she started shaking her head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are you shaking your head? She goes, you're not going to buy it for me. Uh-huh. I was like, why do you think that? And she's like, cause she's talking about all the boyfriends who've she's broken up or has broken up with her and all this hurt and all this mm-hmm. and she's 10 and she can already tell what it, what it's about. Yeah. And I said, I turned it off and I said, listen, The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm -hmm. If you hear all the time about relationship problems, you're going to believe that's normal. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that has to be normal for you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it'll never happen. It just means it shouldn't be normal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have accepted as normal in their own lives. So they've heard the phrase, well, my grandpa died of that, so that runs in our family. Mm -hmm. No, I don't believe that that has to run in your family. I believe you can take steps to stop that from running in your family. I believe even God can bring healing and stop that line in your family. Mm -hmm. But our words are so based on past of what we've heard of what we've been told. Well, my mom said, this has always been a pattern in our family. Mm-hmm. So what? That doesn't mean it has to, <clears throat> that can stop with you, mm-hmm. but we use that as an excuse,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And so I told her, I said, I want to empower you. So what could it cost me 99 cents to buy a Taylor Swift song that day? It cost me 50 bucks. Cause we got on iTunes and we looked through and found, <laughs> Five CDs that were ten dollars each that were empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't all quote Christian. Right. That wasn't the point. The point was to get music in her that would actually inspire her. Mm. That she could actually trust to lean on a little bit for some some words of who God is even, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she picked it out. I let her pick it out. And she had a blast. So we found all this music. But if you know my daughter now, she's 15 years old. Yeah. She makes decisions. This doesn't mean she can't ever listen to a song like that. Again, it's about what is your diet? What's right. your steady diet? Right. And for her. And so those were some of the narrowing that we had to do.
0: Well, it, you could venture it into legalism and the whole, you know, yeah. uh, you know, what you're what you're not saying is that this is going to this is a strict way of living mm-hmm. and and all that, you know, you're you know, it's 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 a it's full of love. Yeah. It's, and you're explaining it. Yeah. You know, it, you, it's not a control thing. You're not yeah. trying to control her. Nope. But is it something that I'm going to allow her to be exposed to over and over and over again. And what is that doing to her mind?
1: Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people get fearful, you know, they're fearful of legalism, but to me, I'm fearful of not being holy, Mm. (laughs) you know, like when did holiness become the cuss word, (laughs) you know? And that's the hard thing is like, well, holiness can become legalism. Well, yeah, that, I guess that's true, but I I think that's the difficulty of like, where's the matter of the heart? Mm -hmm. And for my daughter, you know, I always, I hear people like, well, I'll let her make those, you know, I'll teach her how to make those decisions when she's 16. Mm -hmm. Well, by then somebody else has already taught her how to worship. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And the word worship for me is just worth, Mm -hmm. showing worth, revealing worth. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to reveal worth, somebody has already taught her what's worth it. Mm. Commercials have taught her, TV's taught her, music has taught her. And now she's 16 and she's going to start acting on what she believes is worth it. Yeah. And I wanted her, I wanted to reveal even her true worth. Mm. You're worth more than guys dumping you you're worth more than this music says Mm -hmm. you're worth so much more you Mm -hmm. know and i want to show you i want to reveal that to you and Mm -hmm. i'll reveal it through spending 50 dollars on music i don't care about (laughs) you know and and, but i'm going to reveal it through other ways too i'm going to reveal it how i actually put something down of my own Mm -hmm. to pick something up and paul said i become all things to all people that i might win some so to me it's like i'm going to lay this down Mm -hmm. just to help you Mm -hmm. And I find most people who go, well, that's legalism. A lot of people end up saying that because they just don't want to have to draw lines mm-hmm. to do away with anything. So if you believe that what I said is legalism, because I'm not putting that on anybody else. That's just for me. If you believe that stuff is legalism, then what is God telling you to lay down? Mm. What What is that area for you? Because everything we tend to bring up tends to be legalism, of course. Of course. So what is he telling you to narrow Because he's going to tell you to narrow something. I mean, the Bible says the road is narrow. Yeah. So he's going to narrow something. Actually, everybody looks at the negatives of the narrowing. I look at, once this happens, look at how we get backed up. Look at the freedom. Look at the like my kids don't have nightmares. You right, know, like right. they're not dealing with some of the stuff because I'm not feeding them that stuff. Right, and I'm being very protective for them and guiding them to mold them into who they can be when they do turn of an age where now they have to make these decisions.
0: Yeah, well, a big part of my story, you you know, probably a little bit about um, having to lay down um, my Walking Dead business yeah. that I did because of what it was doing to my family. Yeah. And it, it was incredibly hard. Yeah. It was a it was a tremendous narrowing of my life yeah. um in order to experience the freedom. For me it didn't happen right away. Like it took me months, a couple of years to yeah. finally be at peace yeah. with that decision. Yeah. I was angry, I was you know, resentful and yeah. just had to process all of that. Yeah. You know, so well, and the easy. power
1: its powerful. Even listen to your testimony about that. Cause I've heard that. I think the power of it is though, is that it wasn't necessarily negatively affecting you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so why it's so hard is because I'm making this decision, not based on me. Mm-hmm. And that is hard, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm not going to watch this movie tonight because I know it's going to affect my kids in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Well, only selfish people will go, who cares? I'm going to watch it because I want to watch it. Right. I don't care if they, you know, they'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, how selfish are we, you know, mm-hmm. but it's hard, mm-hmm. you know? And it so is. when we first do it, we're like, the wrestle is, is like, you know what? I am going to, I, that means I have to die and die is a hard process mm-hmm. and it takes time sometimes, but that thing in me is going to die. You know why? Cause I care about them more than I care about this. Right, and and it does take time sometimes. But even for me, like I'm going to be careful with what music I listen to in the car because I don't want my kids quoting this stuff, you know. Right, right. And I want to be careful with what my my wife and I might watch a movie that doesn't affect us negatively. Mm-hmm. But if my 15 year old daughter is there, it might affect her negatively. So I have to consider that, right. and that means I have to die to myself. Yeah, and that is a, not a fun process. It's not. No.
0: <laughs> Cause you don't feel like it.
1: (laughs) No, it's horrible. (laughs) Um,
0: okay. So, uh, so I want to ask you, you, you guys, you and your team have been asked to go to some Amway events. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, tell me what was that like when you first got asked to do that?
1: What, what were you thinking? You think what was your
0: impression of what it would be like? And
1: okay, well, you know, I I at the time I thought I knew multi-mark, you know, marketing, multi-level marketing. multi-level marketing. It's hard it's hard
0: for you even to it, say. I can't even
1: say it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I it even hard come off my lips. No, when I was in college, you know, we had a couple bad experiences. And so I was actually leading worship doing loving it, and I had a guy call and say, "Hey, would you come and lead at one of these business meetings?" Mm-hmm. And it's and it was Amway, and I was like, ah, I'm a I'm a church guy. I love doing worship at churches. I love local church. And he's like, "Well, you know, this is like six years ago, five or six years ago." And I was like, "He's like, well, just come. I think you'll love it. I think you know. And we just want you to do what you do there. That's fine. You know, it's Sunday morning, just come do what you do." Like ah, I don't know. So I talked to my wife about it, and I was like, "You know what? I was like, their business. I know they're about you know. This is what I thought at the time. I know they're about money. I know they're <laughs> about success. I know this. So you know what? I'm going to call them and go the opposite. I'm going to come in. I'm not going to bring a band." I'm not gonna I don't wanna be paid and I I don't want to sell any CDs. I want no promotion. All I want to do is get up there with my piano and my wife and we're just gonna lead them in worship. Okay. And they're like, "Oh, that's great. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like it kind of backfired on me a little bit. <laughs> I asked no questions about this at all, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, Well, just get us a hotel and we'll be there, you know. Mm-hmm. So we drove to Peoria, Illinois, and we get there, and there's six thousand people there.
0: No. I
1: thought it was like just people. a little gathering. You know, you'd base it off of what you think. And and I was like, oh, no. My wife, she hadn't been singing with me for a while because we had had kids, so she took some time off. It was our first thing back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you didn't ask any questions about how many people were going to be here? I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't think about it. Well, we had one of the most incredible times with them. And we led just a piano and 6,000 people. You know, We probably – I don't know. We probably went 30 minutes or so. The leader of that group, it's LTD is what that division is called. And the guy just is weeping. Mm. I'm we're singing and just tears flowing down his face. He could barely even talk Mm. when he gets up and gives the altar call. 700 people came down and gave their lives to Christ that day. Wow. And I was like, What in the world is this? You know, and it was one of the just, it was such a freeing thing for us. So we got invited by some of the other diamonds out and we did some uh, events with them. And God's really for us, he's really been pushing us anyways towards business ideas. We really believe that God wants to prosper his people. And so we really believe business is one of those, especially being able to get out and use it as a tool to be able to build the kingdom of God, become an example, testimonies, Mm -hmm. watching people's lives change, not just inside, but on the outside too, you know, be able to not be in debt, being able. And so we already kind of had that. We just didn't know how to, do it, you know, necessarily, and so we started going and getting invited to these bigger ones. We did one in um, Cincinnati, as fifteen thousand people. Mm-hmm. We saw over two thousand people, people jumping over railing to come down and give their lives to Christ.
0: Wow! And so <laughs>
1: jumping over railing, it was crazy when they gave the altar calls; like nobody's hesitating. People are like running up front, mm-hmm. and so we started doing these and just leading worship at them. And now we're doing devotion. We're doing. It's been amazing ride over. Mm-hmm. You know, now we do probably maybe five to six big events a year. We meet with, we do leadership uh, things with them. And now we're actually doing, well, I call it almost circuit riding, mm-hmm. but it's basically like we'll do devotions from like 10 at night to midnight online with, you know, a hundred of them will show up somewhere in North Carolina or Chicago or North Dakota. Huh. And we'll actually do a, kind of a Bible study with them. So now we're even doing training, You know, talking about business concepts, talking about how do I bring this into my family? How do I, how do I walk this out with my marriage, my kids? And so we're doing a lot of those kind of things too. And it's nice because there's no limits anymore. Yeah. You know, like anybody can get this podcast is going to go around the world. Right. Because people can access it for, you know, we were just in Uganda and I was blown away at how many of them had iPhones. (laughs) I mean, kids walking around with iPhones, listening to podcasts. Right, the the poorest people. I just, but yet they have an iPhone. What is happening? I know, but it's amazing because I do believe again, the knowledge of the glory of God will flood the earth. Mm. And now, look, it's accessible almost anywhere. And so now we're doing training. We do uh, training with a lot of those guys, you know, online now.
0: Would you ever do that for my? diamond team
1: uh, i would well I'm, a, I'm on the spot yeah well, i'd well, love to ta- ta- yeah no, no. <laughs> i'll edit <laughs> no, it if you said no <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely be an honor i, I absolutely love we can talk about it, it afterwards i'd love amazing. to learn
0: more about how you arrange that with yeah. them and what what your arrangement is yeah and, that'd be and amazing that kind of thing but um <clears throat> so what what are the topics that typically resonate with i mean what do you speak give me a just a kind of a glimpse of the kind of things that you you would speak to um an Amway crowd.
1: Okay. Well, one of the things we just talked about this, this uh, last week, I went up to Kansas city and met with, with them. And one of the things is, is the season, like what is happening right now and the aggressiveness at which we go. And I find that most people end up having more regrets, you know, than anything. And so looking at like what causes regret and most of the time, it's the fear of stepping out into the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's the fear of doing something, but I think sometimes it gets so big, like, what do I do? Like, if I hear God say something, I almost feel like it has to be so out of the box. And so one of the things I told them was, remember the story when Jesus gets on the boat with the, with the disciples and he says, Hey, I want you to throw your net back out on this side. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is their response. We're exhausted. We just cleaned our nets. And honestly, (laughs) this is me, but I think they're looking at him like, you're a carpenter what do you know? Like we're We're fishermen. We're fishermen. We know how to do business. Mm -hmm. Like we know how to do fishing. Mm -hmm. We throw our net out. If it doesn't work for today, we will come back tomorrow and we do it tomorrow. But this is their response. But because you said so. Mm. And I think it's important to recognize there are times that we need to take risks that are not even just calculated risk, but obedience risks. And so even investment how do I invest into something? How do I invest into a nonprofit? How do I invest into a church? How do I invest into somebody's life that needs help right now is by listening. The Bible says Jesus only did what he saw his father do, which means he was looking at something we're not looking at. Mm-hmm. We're always looking at the kind of the physical side of it. He's looking at this side of the other world. He says this other kingdom. So I told them that when he tells you to throw your net on the other side of the boat, you're looking at like, man, do, how do, do we need to throw it different? Do we need to? No, you need to just do it now because he said so the exact same way you did it before. Mm. And it's hard for us sometimes because like, well, I've been doing business this way. It's just not working. And I was like, but listen to the voice of God because he's going to give you timing. So you've gone out. Well, I've talked to that person a million times. They just don't care. Yeah. But if God keeps putting, you on their, putting them on your mind, he may be saying, yeah, but do it now.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: I want you to do it now. And this, to me, success is obedience. I don't care what it looks like to anybody else. It may look like I failed to everybody else. I don't think that, you know, Joseph getting thrown down a pit looks like success. Mm-hmm. I don't think him ending up in jail looks like success. Yeah, But Joseph ends up as second in command of the king, but it took 12 years to get there
0: yeah.
1: out of obedience. I think for us... We have to be obedient. And so in business, you throw your net on the other, on the other side of the boat, but I just pulled it out. I'm tired. I'm yeah. But when you're at your most exhausted it's his chance to prove his strength. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so tired and worn out especially in multi-level marketing, because it's like, man, it's it's nonstop. I got to go talk to these people. I got to go talk to these. I got to find new people. I got to do this. I've done this before. It's not worked. And you start to wear out and you start, but God says, now I want you to throw it out. <laughs> but I want you to do it right now. But I'm I'm so exhausted. I know. I want to prove something. Mm-hmm. I want to prove that at my command, the fish will jump in the net. Mm-hmm. And this isn't about proving you're a great fisherman. It's not about proving you're a great business person because the same way for me, business for you is your tool and your weapon, but yeah. it is not for you to get in bed with. I'm not in love with business, right? I'm not in love with music. My business book's not, you know, yeah. <laughs> awkward, I'm not putting, yeah. <laughs> sitting on my pillow. Oh, really awkward, <laughs> yeah, okay. but you know, it you know what it is, you know what it is? I love people mm-hmm. and God knows that. So he gives me a bigger weapon that I might fight for people. Mm-hmm. So my training with music is that I might fight for people. My training for business is that I might fight for people. Mm. And so he starts to see my heart for people and he goes, now I'm going to enlarge your territory. Mm. He says, throw that net out over again. I want to prove something to you. And then they start pulling up and they can't even help. They can't even help it to where now they have to call out Mm. with their own mouths for other people to come and experience the goodness of what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. They've watched him throw the net out all day. They've watched their exhaustion. And then they go, why did that happen? And they point to Jesus and they go, cause he said so. Mm-hmm. And now everybody gets to see the goodness of Jesus. And how was it, how was it revealed? It was revealed through business.
0: Mm. That's right.
1: It was revealed through prosperity. Mm-hmm. People go, oh, you're a prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. No, I believe that he wants us to <laughs> have so good much in all fear things. fear talking. People just want to tear <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. down all well, the time. I mean, just another example of business, just real mm-hmm. quick, is that one of the stories people love to use is, well, the, the guy, the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. money, money, money. Had nothing to do with money. That's so hard for people. It actually had to do with land. The thing that made him a ruler wasn't money. The thing that made him a ruler was land. So when he said, I want you to sell all you have and give it to the poor, well, that was no big, that was no big surprise because Jewish custom was that you give, I think it was like 38% to the poor when you sell off a huge amount of inheritance or land. So he would, it would have been Jewish custom to give to the poor, but then he got to keep the rest and follow Jesus with it. Mm-hmm. But keeping the rest of the money wasn't the point. What was the point was he was no longer a ruler, Mm. And he felt like Jesus was trying to limit him and say, you're no longer going to be a ruler and you're going to take away my land. But Jesus wasn't. He was saying, I'm actually about to expand your land Mm. and I'm actually going to make you a ruler over this earth, in a sense, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually enlarge your territory, not minimize your territory. Mm-hmm. You have become a minimalist. You have limited me mm-hmm. to this one little piece of land. And you thought that made you a ruler. Mm-hmm. So he says, how do I inherit the kingdom? He asked the question, how do I inherit the kingdom of heaven? Mm-hmm. And he says, Saul, so you have give to the poor and follow me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he walked away sad. Why? Mm. Because he didn't believe that the kingdom was actually going to be his then. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to give it to you now. Mm. You think it's someday some heavenly thing. Right. I'm going to give it to you now. Mm. And I'm going to, you may lose this one piece of land, mm. but I'm about to open up the whole world to you. Yeah. And but Jesus think, knew he
0: was going to walk away anyway, even when he asked. Oh, the yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Bible did say when he started giving his examples, he he starts saying, Jesus says, well, you got to do this, this and this. And he goes, I've done all that since I was a kid. And the Bible says Jesus smiled mm-hmm. because I think Jesus looked at him and was like, you have done that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've done that. Okay. Do this one more thing. Mm-hmm. And why is it that's so hard? Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of business. What what limits you in business? What limits me in business is I think there is a limit. Mm-hmm. So if you're successful, I can't be successful. So even in Nashville, you know, it's hard because songwriters are like, well, if you have a successful song, I can't have a success. Well, I can't tell anybody my ideas. They might steal my idea. Right. That's because you think there's a limit of ideas. Mm-hmm. You think there's a limit of success. You think there's a limit of finances. Mm -hmm. And I actually think God has actually pulled money back from songwriting right now, just because he wants to know who's in this for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And those who would complain, well, I don't make money anymore because it's all about streaming now and stuff. Do you realize because of streaming, the entire world gets to hear the message of the kingdom of God? Do you realize this might be the avenue that God actually uses to unlock destinies for people? And you're complaining about a gift. He gave you right. He will feed you any way he wants, but you're not looking for it because your business says it's very limited. Your mm-hmm. business says there's only one way to get it, and I would tell you, God start about to pour in finances in other realms that you might be able to do songwriting for free. Amen.
0: I love it. You know what I mean? Well, that's what Doterra is for us. Yeah. Doterra is so that Chrissy can can and both of us can utilize our creative gifts the courage cast that's my labor of love I love it it's what yeah. I want to see go out into the world and I would like to 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 be a part of that I want to yeah. walk in what God's you know kingdom yeah. is already doing yeah. you know I love it um doterra is just a way of of making that possible yeah
1: I, I believe yeah you know and it's a powerful tool yeah. It's great. I mean, it's still great products, great stuff. You still believe in it, but it's, it is the, it is the weapon. It is the tool that God has placed in your hand to be able to help people and facilitate. Mm -hmm. And if it's to help Chrissy write songs that sets people free, I believe then God will unlock. That finances to come back around on the other side, too. So it's not that you have to do it for free, but it's like when Elijah calls the drought, Mm -hmm. you know, and -hmm. then he comes up and he's being fed by birds, you know, for the longest time. And I always think that that's just a great story for us, even in business and some of the things we do, because we're stepping out beyond ourselves. We're stepping out to believe, uh, you know, and it's hard because people think you're an artist or you're a songwriter, that's where you make your money. And you're thinking, like, No, it's not. Mm -mm. And so their perception keeps them from blessing you sometimes. Right. I never worry about that. Right. Never worry about it. Mm -hmm. Because God places people in our lives at the right time, in the right season, to get what he wants accomplished for those who respond.
0: Yeah, that's good. Obedience Obedience. is success. Yes. Um, All right. So I want to finish this up um, with, I want to kind of, who keeps coming to mind is somebody who feels hopeless, who hears all of this and is encouraged but then they don't know they'll get discouraged or they'll they'll talk themselves out and they'll they'll just kind of begin to like because they don't know where to even start and they've yeah. made so many mistakes in the past yeah that they just don't know where to start and so they don't even try yeah. i don't want that to happen yeah so speak to that person yeah who feels hopeless right now
1: Yeah. I would say this, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite statements, and this is how I wake up every morning. This is just what I do is, uh, my first statement out of my mouth is forever. Just started again. (laughs) The power of that is, is that forever is not determined on yesterday. Mm -hmm. Forever didn't start yesterday. Mm -hmm. forever starts right now. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like the Bible talks about Jesus is Jesus is going to wipe it as far as the East is from the West. The hard thing is we don't forget, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I know the Bible says he has a sea of forgetfulness. And unfortunately I don't have that, you know, but here's where my hope is. My hope is, and is that he is a good God. Mm -hmm. My hope is that he does have that. That's Mm -hmm. where hope and faith meet. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that he responds to those who respond to him. My faith is what propels me forward because faith is actually a doing and a being more than it is a thought process. Mm -hmm. And so those who say, I have faith, I just don't do anything. Mm -hmm. That's not faith, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I sit here with hope that forever just started again, Mm -hmm. like just now, Mm -hmm. like. Just right now. right now, like just, like, again. Just, like, just started. Just, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So even if you were an idiot a second ago, guess what? Forever just started again. I mean, that's the, that's the cool thing about forever yeah. is that you people know, don't like
0: that though. They want to remind you of your past.
1: They do, but that's where, so you asked me earlier, who gets to speak into your life? Well, there, are, there are people who I let speak into my life and there are people who I let talk to me.
0: Huh. interesting. The
1: people who talk, they just talk. Mm -hmm. there's no influence. I don't swallow it. I don't hold it. Actually, when they walk away, I open my hands and let it go. Really? So
0: I'm going to look back after we talk, if you've just opened your hands. Exactly. uh. Oh,
1: shoot. (laughs) But the power of that is, is you know what? Mm -hmm. The people that I trust, the people I know who love me and have concern for me would never talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. The people who want the best for me, They may be corrective. They may have to be corrective sometimes. They may have to challenge me sometimes, but they are not going to remind me of my past Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, I realize there are people who I let speak into my life and there are people who I let talk to me. Mm -hmm. The people who speak into my life are the ones I hang out with all the time. Mm -hmm. The ones who talk to me, I'm very rarely with, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm not afraid to be around them, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to spend time with them Mm -hmm. because I realize that that is a detriment to my hope. That is a detriment to my faith. Mm -hmm. And so if you're around those people, get around other people. You know, get around, uh, Eric Nordoff type of people that's Mm -hmm. like going to look and see the best for you. Why you started a podcast Mm -hmm. to bring courage and to bring hope into people's lives. Mm -hmm. You want to see them successful. So I want to get around people like that. And there are people like that. And so every time the enemy loves to come in and he loves to remind you of your past, but remember there's some people listening on here today that have, they're just reminded of their past successes Mm. just to keep them from looking forward.
0: So they're always living in the past. Oh, yeah.
1: They're like, oh, man, I remember when I did this and I did this and this is what I did. But you're not doing anything now. Right. And so the enemy loves to keep you looking backwards because if he keeps you looking backwards, then it doesn't feel like there's any hope for forwards. Jesus only points forward. Mm. He only points forward when he writes in the sand,
0: Mm.
1: you know, and he says, go and sin no more. He does not. Look backwards to her. Mm-hmm. He looks forward and he says, No more. That means forward looking. Mm-hmm. I want to look forward. I make mistakes. My pastor always said a great thing. If you feel horrible, you feel like a dog. My pastor says this. He says, God is so full of grace that he's like the guy with the with the dog that, you know, maybe even wet's on the floor and you put him outside and you like maybe even give him a little swat on the butt to try to get him to not do that again. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he comes, like he stands at the door just waiting to lick you. And you're thinking, like, quit I don't want to look at you right now. You're get out of here. You just peed up on the floor. And uh, my pastor always said, he said, I may be a dog, but I'll always be your dog, God. <laughs> you know, like, and like if you want me out of here, you're going to have to take me out. And the thing about God is he never does. No, Because it's not about God taking you out. That's what religion has done. It's about you turning away. Mm-hmm. So turn back and recognize there's hope today. Mm-hmm. All hope does is takes a step. Mm-hmm. All faith does. You don't have to have all the answers you don't have, but what it does is it starts to speak differently. Mm-hmm. R- remember your, your, your mouth is power, life and death. So start speaking differently. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, start speaking it every day, start speaking it. And this isn't just a self-help thing. This is a biblical pattern. So start speaking his word. If you don't believe your own words, speak his word. What is his word? His word says, uh, you were created for this. I have a hope and a mm-hmm. future for you. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, I want the best for you. And so for me, I know that's true. I know there's a lot of junk that goes on a lot of stuff, but I attribute that to an enemy, not to God. Right. So I'm going to go after this God. And when I do, I'm going to wake up every morning and go forever. Just started again. Mm -hmm. Was your day crap yesterday? Forever. Just started again. Mm -hmm. You know, has it started out rough today? Look at your watch forever. Mm -hmm. Just started again. And I get to determine what happens next. Mm -hmm. The enemy doesn't get to determine it for me. You know, struggles don't get a determinant for me. Fire, staying in the midst of fire doesn't get a determinant for me. Mm. There's one thing that determines it for me. It's my hope Mm. and my faith. Mm. And that gives me a future. Because faith is a substance of things not yet seen, but things hoped for. Mm. So if you can hope for it, you can start to step into it. Speak it. Believe it. That Mm. means I walk it. Yeah, You know, so I would say anybody out there who's struggling with that, I know you, some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been abused, but some of you have just had great success in the past and you're kind of living on that. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like God's looking ahead and he's saying, now, now lift up your eyes, mm. you know, don't look down. Don't look at yourself, lift up your eyes and look, I have a hope and a future for you. That's I created good. you with this purpose mm-hmm. and it's time for you to start stepping into that stuff. Don't be held back by the past forever. Just start it again.
0: That's really, really good. I, I tell you, I've never had more goosebump moments, uh, <laughs> more teary eyes than having you over here. And that's I don't, awesome, don't want to make you uncomfortable by no, saying that, because I know great. you're a straight man.
1: <laughs> but a little flamboyant. Yeah, a little yeah. flamboyant. But <laughs> uh,
0: Dustin Smith. Awesome. Dustin, um, Healing is Right is another app that we yes. didn't mention, but Healing is Right is an app that everybody needs to to get if uh, tell, tell people just briefly about okay, that okay
1: real quick Healing is Right is an app that we started for people who are who are sick need hope need, you know, all the music is free we put it out for free you can get it on iTunes but you can also go to healingisright.com download the, the, the whole CD for free mm-hmm. we're actually getting ready to release another <laughs> album for free and this is something that we're getting into hospitals we've seen people heal the Parkinson's disease one lady was on 18 medications uh, started playing in her house for a month wow. and woke up one morning completely healed of Parkinson's went to the neurologist and he said there's no sign that you even had Parkinson's disease. really
0: yeah after Crazy. five
1: years mm. she couldn't even function without medications we've seen people heal of cancer we've seen people healed of ADHD mm. you know mm. and and we've so this music people played in their hospital rooms non-stop the mm-hmm. healing, uh, one of the healing CDs I did my grandma had a stroke they said she'd probably never use the left side of her body again mm-hmm. and she would not let that Thing turn off in her room. <laughs> yeah. And after a month, she walked out completely healed. Wow. And so the process of letting that atmosphere fill your house, fill your room. So healing is right. We felt God say, don't make sick people pay for this medicine. Yes, And so it's free. We give it away. It's something that we're getting into hospitals. We actually... Uh, we we had it on SoundCloud uh-huh. and that way it was playing through and it tapped out. It actually, we were hitting 15,000 streams a day, oh. so they shut it down. So oh. we bought a radio station. You did. So now it actually plays nonstop on a radio station on the healing app. No so way. So you can get on and listen to it for free. There's testimonies on there. There's also a prayer wall. If you're sick, just put a request on there. If you want us to post it, we will. We can even post it anonymously or we won't post it at all, but we will pray for you. And mm. And then then if you're a person who's well, one of the reasons you want to download it is because you can click a button – It has all the prayer requests and then it says, I prayed for this. And if you push that button, it actually emails the person who gave the request and says, you were just prayed for it. Healing is right. Wow. Can you imagine? Uh, We had a person. You get like a
0: thousand prayer emails. We had a person who who Mm -hmm. was
1: diagnosed with cancer and they got a, they, they got like in a day, they got like a hundred things saying, you were prayed for today on healing is right. And they said, my hope went through the roof that Mm -hmm. somebody was actually standing with me and fighting with me. I was not going to fight this alone. Yeah. And so. Part of that is just equipping other people. So you can download it for other people. We have people who actually see people in wheelchairs and walk up and download it on their phone for them, you know, and then pray for them for healing. It's a great avenue if you don't know what to do. yeah, Then you can at least give them an app. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we also have MP3 players that we give out to people in hospice and things like that.
0: That they can just have around their neck. That they can have
1: around their neck with headphones. And because mm-hmm. my dream initially was a guy in a coma mm-hmm. that I walked in and put headphones and he came out of the coma. Wow. And so we believe for that, you know? We want to see that. So healingisright.com. Download the... Download Do me a favor. MP3.
0: If I'm in a coma ever, will you... If Would you just tell Chrissy to get that... <laughs> Put those in. I will
1: actually walk in your room. Will you please? Yeah, yeah. Will you please? Thank Uh, you. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) No, we but we created it for that purpose. And I know a lot of people out there. Every our thing is everyone knows someone sick. Mm -hmm. Help us, help them. Yeah. There's no gimmick to it. Right. There's no... That's there's the no, thing.
0: People are just so... They have these walls up. Yeah. It's the same. It's kind of similar to MLM in that yeah. people have these walls up and these... Predis- you know, they've just been hurt so many times yep. by yeah. things like that. Yeah. And by ministry. Yeah. You know, have yeah. misused their authority. Yeah. Um, so, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Healing is right is another one.
1: And then um, one other thing is Befierce dot com. Yes. We've got a for, men's a mm-hmm. men's thing coming up June tenth in Kansas City. Big men's conference. We're gonna have I think over a thousand men there. Yeah. And just really we feel like God is raising up the word fierce is just aggressive. We always say the enemy is so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Why are we not aggressive towards the enemy, you know, in protection and right. in, in growth and for each other's families? So we started this knowing that it's eventually going to be Be Fierce Families. We'd love to see like a promise keepers for families. Oh, yeah. You know, where families get together and encourage each other. And mm-hmm. But we know it has to start with men. Yeah. Because men for too long have not helped. Not, not helped they've kind of laid down let the enemy kick them around
0: it's been easy for me as a guy i can i'm a guy i can relate
1: yeah it's sometimes you
0: just don't feel like it yeah everything is against you
1: yep and we're trying to find guys who actually get to strengthen each other. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a devotional thing that you'll get this devotional that'll be throughout the year. You get to follow. We're going to have guys where you're going to get on once a month and you're going to do a, a webinar. Mm-hmm. You're going to get to connect with other guys. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to connect guys to realize one puts a thousand to flight, two put 10,000 to flight.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
1: were never meant to do this alone. Even mm-hmm. when Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them two by two Yeah, because he doesn't want you to have to fight alone. Mm-hmm. And so we're just telling guys, you don't have to fight alone. This mm-hmm. isn't about a big special speaker. This isn't about anything but getting guys together and going after. It. We'll have speakers. We're gonna have great worship stuff like that. But the goal is is to get guys together to start strengthening each other for what we believe is ahead is actually a future of hope. Yeah, and we are the ones who will lead it. Yeah,
0: I love it. Gosh, that's good. I want to get involved in that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We'd love to have you involved.
0: All right, Dustin Smith. <laughs> there we. Can, this has been awesome. Uh, people are uh, people are gonna love this. I um uh, guys. If, if you've been impacted by this, um, you can go to all of these resources uh, as well, but also just comment in the Courageous Community on Facebook, CourageousCommunity.com. Uh you'll be able to connect with Dustin. Is there a way to reach out to you? Yeah,
1: herebylions.org, mm-hmm. Uh org, or Dustinsmith.com both go to the same place. Okay. And um and on there, our emails are on there. So if you want to reach out to us, talk to us, you can also go to our Facebook page, the Here mm-hmm. Lions Facebook page, and mm-hmm. comment and stuff like that. But thanks for what you're doing, man. This this is incredible. Uh you know, courage is at an all-time low, mm-hmm. and I believe this is gonna be something. Your podcast is gonna be something that's gonna continue to strengthen people. So thanks for letting me be on.
0: Thanks, man. You an encouragement. The um, you're in a series right now. This will probably go live on Monday next week. So uh, you're in a series about fear. Yep. Um, So I think this will be the second one that you'll uh, you'll have out on monday so um guys check that out at um here be lions yeah, uh, the facebook podcast or, like that, or yeah. the facebook page uh this is a whole the whole month of april will be on on fear yep as the topic so yeah. what you said last week was was excellent and actually the week before that I, I, typically every week I, I, I pretty much love i i, st- I actually that's stole awesome. one of your messages oh, awesome. about i can't versus i won't <laughs> oh yeah and i'm celebrating other people's victories love that it. one from last week yeah. i actually i think today today's episode oh, is so good. is totally is, oh, uh, but awesome. i i give you credit i love it no, so, you don't have to do that since you don't have to
1: do that once uh-huh. You know, it's like, well, I heard this said, and then the second thing is like, it's mine. You know, <laughs> after that, it's like exactly. I own it, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm I'm taking it as my own.
0: That's what's great. You don't operate from lack. You operate from a a heart of abundance because He's given us life abundantly. Yeah, Absolutely. So um, I love it, Dustin Smith. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Oh man, it'd be an honor. Next uh, time I'll
1: bring James. We'll, we'll yeah. Well, that's some good luck.
0: I got to get another microphone, yeah. a bigger hey, microphone for James we'll because he's got a big mouth. He has his own microphone. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's you plug don't in. Want
1: it, you don't want him talking to any of us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll
0: change out the filter <laughs> <Yeah>. and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Poor James not even here to oh, get it. I love anything. it. This is the can't best. defend himself. No, it's
1: even better when he is here to defend himself. <laughs> Actually, it, it never, that's true. It, he just digs deeper wells.
0: I so. love it. Okay. I love it. All right, Dustin. Thanks a lot. Guys, uh, this is uh, the courageous. This is the Courage Cast. Thank you for listening uh of course as always you can listen to our podcast on itunes give us a, a rating and review more people find us that way and if you do we'll send you a t-shirt when you do if you just email me at eric at courageous community.com give me your t-shirt size dustin's getting one yeah. uh, and so yeah, is where- gina proudly that's right and uh, uh, so guys uh, you can get that too if you just go uh, and email me at Eric at com. That's it for me friends I'm Eric Nordoff and you're listening to the Courage cast.